What's up, everyone? This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. Just to let you all know that all the episodes are available on all major podcast platforms. You can just search for us or look for us for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast, as well as you can search for us on any various social media page, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So normally, to start off an episode, I would say, how's your day going, Rich? How's your week going? You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, we know that obviously today is Monday. We know what happened yesterday. So I'm going to skip that, and I'm just going to say, what was something good that happened to you <laughs> this weekend? Um, well, that's, a, that's actually a really good point because I think about that every Monday because my life is really dictated or my mood or let's say feeling is really dictated by how my sports teams play. Right. And the Miami Hurricanes finally pulled one out and beat number 18 ranked North Carolina State All right. uh, with our all-star freshman quarterback who um, is probably shooting up, what, 2025, 2024 draft boards mm-hmm. now. So that's the one good thing because, um, uh, yeah, that's really – my fantasy teams were terrible. The Chiefs were terrible. So the Miami Hurricanes finally winning one after getting very, very close, like last drive on a few other ones. They are now uh, – what is it? Uh, one and two in the ACC. So there's still a chance to win it. That's mm-hmm. my positive thing of the weekend. What about you? That's good. I, I will, for one, I'll say, you know, anytime we hear the Wolfpack get beat, because obviously I'm a Tar Heel <laughs> fan, so that's awesome to hear that. Um, so that's good. Um, I actually have two points, and I'll just kind of be real quick about it. But number one is um, obviously I'm a Royals fan first, but I've always obviously adopted being a Braves fan when I lived in North Carolina for many, many years growing up. So for them to finally see them, going back to the World Series for the first time since 1999. It's a it's a really thrilling moment to see that, um, especially all of my friends uh, and family that are, you know, even North Carolina or even close to Atlanta, you know, they're really excited. So I know that city is going to be pumping um, not only this week because the first, uh, game one starts tomorrow, but that's going to be in Houston because they're playing the Astros. But they play all this weekend in Atlanta, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, Sunday pending – if there's a game five anyways, but um, so I, I think that's kind of an exciting moment and see how that goes um, with that. Um, so is that kind of the thing is if you're from Carolina because they don't have a baseball team, you're, you're basically a Braves fan or? Yeah, and that's actually what I was kind of mentioned too as well is because that's the closest major league professional baseball team, right, is, is Atlanta. So if you grew up in North Carolina, chances are you're probably a Braves fan. Um, at least, at least everyone that I when I lived there, for majority of was. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously there's there's still your Yankees fans and Red Sox fans, but I mean, when I lived in uh, North Carolina, at least when I was growing up, it was mainly people like the Braves. So, um, yeah, no, that was the uh, man. Those were fun days in the '90s when uh, Jim Tomey, David Justice, Kenny Lofton. I used to love watching those baseball games with my dad when they made the World Series. What against the uh, Marlins? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, cool times. Now the Braves are always they're always a cool team because of Jim Tomey and his uh, little swing. Well, Jim, well Jim Tomey played with Cleveland, so. <laughs> but I am. But, uh, yeah, you got you got a couple <laughs> players wrong in there. I will correct you, but. 
<laughs> so I was on the blue and red, but not the right team. No, you're good. Yeah, Kenny Lofton and Jim Tomey were, were on the Braves, but you're thinking that's more. That's why I got confused because they're both uh, Native Americans. Well, that's uh, – I'm sorry. They're, yeah, they're on the Indians. But, yeah, I'm glad he said David Justice because that was one of my favorites growing up. Um, Wait, him on the Indians or the Braves? Or the Braves. Um, so what were so thinking about that was the, the good Indi- – um, what's his name? Oh, my God. Super Jones? Yes, yeah. Jones. Yeah. That's who I was thinking about. Jones. Yeah. So David Justice was probably like my first favorite, and then Chipper Jones, and then you got people like Andrew Jones. You got uh, Javi oh, Lopez. Andrew Jones did play for the what was he center fielder or right field? You, uh, Javi Lopez was catcher. I'm going to give you a pass on some of this because you're not a big baseball fan. And so. that's like a long time ago. That was what ninety four, six, one of those. Man, it's in the '90s. We they went to the uh, World Series. I want to say '92. It might have been '91, '92, '93. I know they won in '95, if I'm not mistaken. '96 they they went but didn't uh, win, and then '99 obviously was the last time. Yeah, because that's when they lost to the Marlins, right? I remember like '96. I was like really rooting for the Braves. Uh, in one of the in the National League Championship game, they did lose to the Marlins. I think one of those, yes. Um, but they they played majority of the Yankees in most of those World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think who else they actually had played on the American League side. But anyways, we, but yeah, there was a lot of good players on that team. I mean, Greg Maddox, John Smoke. I could go on and on. There's yeah, a lot see, of how the players. names are coming together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. give me a pass. I mean. You know, told me Indians, Braves, same thing. They wear the same color uniforms. I see, I see where you're going with that. I can right? see that. So, yeah, yeah. The, you know. And then baseball, I still don't get why they just wear gray. Like their away uniforms are gray or is it their home uniforms are gray? So they mix it up. So the Braves, they have – obviously they have so many jerseys, right? But, yeah. no, when they're at home, um, they normally like to wear the white. Right. Um, but sometimes navy, but on the road they could also wear navy or gray yeah. as well. It all depends on what the other team is really uh, playing or or sorry what or they're wearing or what they decide they want, right? Because I think that's kind of like how football is, where sometimes you'll see, you know, uh, you don't see the Chiefs do it, but sometimes you see like other teams. I think where the are like the one of the only ones. They're whites or something, and they're like, well, they're the home team. Why aren't you wearing the colors? But yeah, yeah I think the um, Cowboys they they do the white home jersey, so. Mm-hmm. So who does the chop, or who did the chop? The, the so that top. is the Braves. So the the, the, the chop is obviously the Chiefs, the Braves, and the Seminoles. Those are the three teams that you look at that have done the chop. So yeah, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely not a baseball guy. I mean, I knew the Braves. I know, yeah. The teams where I was a little bit off. So right, but um, so though that was an exciting part, and I'll just get real quick in the the second part of my thing was was this is the first week weekend that all four of my fantasy teams won. So. <laughs> at least a lot of them I'm actually really bad this year. I think like yeah. I think three of them I started like one in five. So like yeah. to to get some to get some victories on some of those, I think now three of my leagues I'm two and five and one I'm three and four like the Chiefs. But um so yeah, I've had a pretty bad year in fantasy. So for the, me to win all four of my games, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um for that yeah, part. No, it so. definitely feels good when if you're in that many leagues, they do well because uh I think we put a lot of time and effort into the research and focusing on the weekends and stuff like that. So and no kidding. So um, I don't want to waste anyone's time, but I, know, I just wanted to kind of start off a little bit more positive because I know we're about to go into stuff that's not so positive. <laughs> so um, with that being said, I'll give it back to you for the stats of the Titans Chiefs Week 7 game. All right. Let me pull this stuff up. All right. So score-wise, Tennessee Titans 27, Kansas City Chiefs 3. Chiefs are now 3-4. and four. 
Titans are five and two. If you didn't know who coaches these teams, I'll give you that just because it's right here. But Titans are coached by Mike Vrabel. Chiefs are coached by Andy Reid. As we head into the team stats of things, looking at the total yards, um, 334 for the Chiefs, 369 for the Titans. Um, I'll go into the rushing yards next with the Chiefs. Um, 13 carries for 77 yards, and the Titans were at 35 for 103 and one touchdown. Other important stats, um, turnover battle, Chiefs with three, Titans with one. Chiefs were sacked four times for 31 yards. Titans were sacked once for nine yards. Time of possession, massively won by the Titans with 36 Minutes and 21 seconds, Chiefs at 23 and 39. And getting really quick into individual stats, of course, the quarterbacks um, were the leading in their category, right? Patrick Mahomes was 20 for 35, 206 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. As I mentioned, he was sacked four times. His rating was 62.3. Maybe interesting to see, and I think that is his worst game ever on paper. So, Ryan Tannehill was 21 for 27, 270 yards, one touchdown, one interception, one sack. Finished the day with a 105.2 rating. Um, so this is, I guess, kind of a positive. Uh, Derrick Henry rushed 29 times for 86 yards, no touchdowns. Um, and then for Tennessee's re- receivers, A.J. Brown led the way with Nine targets, eight receptions, 133 yards, and one touchdown. Um, Michael Pruitt caught that touch, caught that touchdown pass from Derrick Henry. And then on the Chiefs side of things, let's say receiving wise, we had a decent amount of receptions by Travis Byron and Tyreek. So I'll go over their numbers really quick. Tyreek was had nine targets, six catches, 49 yards, no touchdowns. Byron had, Byron Pringle had six targets, five receptions, 73 yards. Travis Kelsey had 12 targets, seven receptions, 65 yards. Obviously, no touchdowns if we only scored three points. Um, but, yeah, those are the team and the top individual stats on the day. All right. So, going into the scoring drives of the game, we obviously know – there really wasn't much from the Chiefs, but I'll go ahead and go through the recap of those. Uh, first score of the game, as you had just mentioned, there was that touchdown pass from Derrick Henry to McCall Pruitt, uh, which put the Titans up 7 nothing, and that was with 10 minutes and 50 seconds into the first quarter. Um, and then also the next scoring drive was for the Tennessee Titans, it was a 24-yard pass touchdown from Ryan Tannehill, and that was A.J. Brown. Made, actually, made that 14-0. That was with 42 seconds left to go in the first quarter. Then the next scoring drive, we have Tennessee kicked a field goal. Randy Bullock, a 34-yard field goal, making it 17-0 Tennessee uh, with about eight minutes and seven seconds to go in the second quarter. And they came back with a, another touchdown 
from Ryan Tannehill, which is a two-yard run by him. Um, and that was with two minutes and 48 seconds left in the second quarter. And then they capped it off with a field goal at halftime, making it Tennessee 27 nothing with a Randy Bullock 51-yard field goal with three seconds left in the half. And then the only thing you saw from the second half was the Chiefs' opening drive. Um, Harrison Butker kicked that 42-yard field goal, making the ultimate score in the game 27-3 to the Titans. Um, the Chiefs, like I said, like I said, was the only score of that second half, and that was your final score. So with that being said, um, obviously, you know, anybody listening or has watched the game from yesterday um, knew that uh wasn't a pretty game at all, um, offensive or defensive side of the ball. So I will leave it up to you, uh, Rich, here, where you want to start with this one. I mean, I think just to keep things in order, um, let's chat about the offense. Um, they, they might be the ones to talk about more, but. Right, I mean, everyone, right. you know, likes to hear about the offense and then the defense. And I guess there's not much to talk about special teams in this case. But, yeah, let's say offensively, um, in my opinion, the worst game in the Andy Reid slash Patrick Mahomes era um, coming in. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say the Super Bowl is the worst game because it was a championship game. Right. But mm-hmm. worst regular season game without a doubt. Um, you know, in our preseason predictions, I've talked about this being a matchup that I thought if the Chiefs were undefeated at this time, they could potentially lose because of the mm-hmm. Titans style of play. And despite the fact that their pass game was terrible, they did exactly what everyone else has done to the Chiefs, which is rush with their front four. Um, I think they blitzed only one time, so their blitz percentage was very, very low. Played cover two over the top, said Patrick beat us short. And the offensive line had their worst game this season with the amount of pressures, hurries, and total number of sacks. Even though I will say that, you know, when watching the game, um, not all the sacks were on the offensive line. Um, let's say you could say one of them. Um, I I gave them a pass on, but the rest of them were just getting beat by three or four man fronts. Um, receivers not getting any separation. Not making plays. I mean, there was time, you know, I, yeah, I know Tyreek dropped the pass. He made a great catch, too. Byron Pringle made an amazing catch there. Right. Um, you know, late in the game, too. So just offensively, Andy Reid, again, not being able to adjust to this defense that everybody has copied Todd Bowles and the Tampa, Tampa Bay Bucks on. Um, but yeah, let's say if I could boil it down to th- a few things, right? No adjustments from a coaching perspective. Mahomes with the turnovers once again um, and the offensive line not being able to handle the speed and the power of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and, um, you know, I was just looking at the stat sheet, I think you had mentioned earlier, you know, you saw Mahomes actually was the leading rusher again. Um, But when you get down like that, you obviously can't run the ball like you want to, and that's for any team that that goes like that. Uh, you know, obviously it's happened to the Titans in the past when you shut down Derrick Henry, um, you know, they're, they're forced to throw the ball and he just, there's, there goes that weapon, right? So the Chiefs just couldn't, they, they really didn't have anything to do with, uh, you know, get the running game going at all game. Um, you know, that was just 
with with that and then being down early and just the stalls right in the drives, the first drive. Um, I, I can't believe it. I don't think it was a three and out, but I think it was like they got a first down. And after that, they, um, you know, they punted right after that. And then the second drive was from Mahomes through that pass. Uh, I believe it's to Josh Gordon, which is the only play I think I remember seeing him in, at least early in the game. Um, you know, just kind of a he forced that pass in and, um, you know, it was a little bit tipped up. And fortunately, that was interception. And from there on, it was just it was downhill from there, obviously, um, as you can see. But, um, yeah, it's it's it really is like you were saying, offensive line had a bad game being top five rated offensive line. Um, you even saw Trey Smith had a few penalties. You just didn't see that early this oh, year. Yeah. So far. He, he got beat bad this week. He got, yeah, he got beat bad. Um, it just seemed like the yeah, offense line was collapsing, just didn't give Mahomes enough time. And even when he had time, no one was open. Nobody was getting off the blocks and getting open. Um, you know, other side, besides Kelsey every once in a while, so he was open, had, and, you know, caught some passes there. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you on that. There's just, it was just overall bad. There's just nothing really good on the offensive side to talk about that, um, you know, really did well. Just, we just didn't have anything going for us. Right. I mean, I just, nothing more to really say about that. I mean, it was a couple of bright spots. I mean, a couple uh, of good plays that like Pringle made that caught, I know he, I think he dropped the pass in the game too as well, but he made some nice catches. Um, But ultimately if we made some good plays, the drive either stalled on a sack, right? Uh, Holmes got sacked three times, uh, right? Or was it three or four times? Four. Um, uh, yeah, so he'd either got sacked or he'd either punted or, um, yeah, uh, turnover, right? right. So, um, yeah, just, uh, just an overall bad game from the offense. Yeah, I mean, and of course, um, I guess it would be irresponsible for us to not talk about the, uh, the hit that he took there late in the game. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, just scrambling around, trying to make something happen. And at that point, man, you're down, what, 24 points. I think that's that maturity or that development that he has to continue to do of, um, you know, know when to go down and just call it the, you know, the play being done. Um, that's, you know, one of the reasons he fumbled earlier. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, just he got pretty beat up on that play. I think it was it was completely accidental, in my opinion. Um but it's one of those where it sucks it happens. Um, thankfully, he was cleared of you know he cleared the concussion protocol too, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I mean, offensively, um, I like what you mentioned about Byron Pringle. He's one that a lot of people have been saying, "Why don't we give him the ball more?" Most of the times when we've gone to him, he does good. Um, I think people always forget that you have to train well in order to get playing time. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think Allen Iverson is probably one of the only people that didn't train and was amazing in the games. Um, but, um, you know, for the most part, you have to do really good in training to get more snaps, to get more playing time. And between McColl and Byron, you know, one of them, that, that second wide receiver spot is just calling for somebody to be consistent. Um, that catch that he made, right, where he gets basically sandwiched or popped by a safety, it was a clean hit. And held onto the ball, too. Right, yeah, I mean, amazing. And, like, it didn't pop loose or anything, you know, where he had to double catch it. So, um, yeah, he's had some ball security issues. But I think after Tyreek or even sometimes surpassing Tyreek from a pure hands catching standpoint, he's done well. So maybe we'll see him more if the Chiefs don't make any kind of moves to help that spot or the Josh Gordon experiment doesn't come around. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what's crazy is I've you know been someone who's been praising the offensive line for a while, and I get you know Patrick has helped a little bit in his escapability. He's also stepped up in the pocket a lot, which he didn't normally do in the past. Um, but you're you're a quarterback; you're supposed to do that, right? You, they create a pocket for you. Once the edge rushers get at a certain point, they turn up field. You need to step up. So, um, I, like I said, I did some deeper research on the offensive line, and although we were a top five offensive line prior or top 10 now, I guess with the updated numbers offensive line, we are in one of the lowest, or I guess one of the highest teams in regards to Patrick being hit, hurried, pressured, all of that. Um, and so at least in my opinion, whenever you look at those things historically with NFL teams, it means the quarterback has to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. You hold on to the ball a little bit longer. You get hit. Mm-hmm. And that's because I don't think anyone's getting open. Right. Aside from, We've already seen Tyreek's stats. I mean, he's blown up in two games. Um, Travis hasn't had the best season either from a touchdown perspective. He's still getting a ton of targets. But when you take away Hill deep and you limit Kelsey short, what is what else is there to do, right? So um, I think that's a continued focus or a continued aspect of our game that we will, will need to see more from. Um, and I'm sure Andy and Eric, you know, will be working on as well. Yep, for sure. Um, so, yeah, we'll kind of switch over to the defense. And so on the defensive side of ball, um, obviously they did not give any points up in the second half, which was really good. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the Titans were already up, you know, 27 points at halftime and then 24 points after we kicked that field goal. Um, but um, I kind of want to mention a little bit of the bright spots first, just because I'd like to kind of switch it over a little bit, just because I know it's, it's, it was kind of overall, obviously bad game for us, but I like to point out some bright things for it. Um, Nick Bolton, who had 15 tackles, um, not only he had 15 tackles, but four of them were for losses. uh, Didn't I tell you in our, in our pregame, I was like, that's going to be a good matchup to watch. And, and, Mm -hmm. He he held up his own by by far, right? He met Derrick Henry in the hole several times, tackled him one on one. So, right, yeah. So, Bryce yeah, Bryce. he every time you would see uh, Henry in the game, and he kind of ran. I mean, you would see Bolton like there. He was the round if he was in the game um, on defense, and they were giving the ball to Henry. You were seeing him there. So, um, you know, I look forward to seeing him play. Obviously, the rest of the year, but many, some many years come for the Chiefs defense because I think he's going to be a star on this defense, um, you know, going forth. Now, I know he has problems in other areas, but the one thing is for sure he tackles. I mean, he can tackle. Exactly. And and I get some people are upset that we drafted a two down linebacker in the second round, but I mean, that's, you know, I'm sure people won't want to hear me talking about the Patriots, but that's what Belichick was so great at, right? Is putting players in positions to where they're going to be successful. So if you've got arguably the best um, downhill linebacker in Nick Bolton from the draft in the second round, and that's what he's going to be doing for you is helping you stop the run to the point to where you hold Derrick Henry, the arguably the greatest running back over the last few years, 200, 100 yards after what? How many straight games? Six, five straight games? Five games. Over 100? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's what he's there for. So I'm like, it it makes sense. If he's a two-down linebacker and if he can learn to cover – deeper routes than, you know, the shallow ones that he does every now and then. Oh, well, that's a plus. But, I mean, the team needs more Nick Boldens that are that are tougher and that are willing to tackle, which overall we we did decent tackling, you know. Yes. 
Um, it, and as you mentioned, not only did you say on the uh, preview that we had, you know, about Bolton be there, but you, I think if it was if it was either me or it was you that we said that, hey, if we can hold Henry under a hundred yards, we might actually win this thing, which is really funny <laughs> because he only ran for eighty six yards. But you would think the game would have been completely different looking at um, everything if you didn't watch the game or didn't know anything about yesterday. Just looking at the 27-3 score, you just like what went wrong. Um, but, you know, that that was just one of the things that we predicted we would hope that we would have. And it, it happened and just other things didn't go go well for it, unfortunately. Well, and it's not like he didn't have opportunities, right? I mean, he had 29 carries. Yeah. So he had a 2.97 yard per average uh, rushing attempt. That's amazing. You know, we did really, really good against him. And without a doubt, Nick Bolton was probably the main reason why that happened. Well, and to to be surprised, I'm surprised they didn't run him more. In the game that was this uh, blown apart, you, you could say, he probably could have had forty carries. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, I know you, you. I know he's one of those guys that you probably don't want to like get him that tired or you know get your backups in late in the game for sure when you're up that much. But I could have saw easily there was some plays that he just got taken out. I mean, obviously, strategy or whatnot. They were doing play action all day. They wanted to, um, but uh, you know, I think he could have definitely ran a lot more for sure. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, I, I thought outside of what the first two drives they had where they came down and just boom, like just scored, you know, left and right. They could do anything they wanted out of those first two drives. Cause I think obviously the third drive, they got the field goal off the turnover. Um, you know, the defense started showing up a little bit better, especially in the passing game. I, th- I thought the passing game obviously improved as the game went on. Overall, everything obviously did. But, um, you know, and as far as on the secondary, I didn't really have too many issues. I mean, obviously we gave up that wide open touchdown, which I, I would have thought they would have played for when he was in there running the wildcat. Um, it's happened to not only us, but other teams in the past, whether how he's lined up, how he wants to do that. But um, as far as on the secondary, I, I didn't have any issues in this game really. Yeah. I mean, for me, like you mentioned in those first two drives, we were right there. Um, we talked about it in our chat, how it looks like the appropriate defenses were called the catches that AJ Brown made there. Um, you know, early on in the game and even for his touchdown or that one that, you know, technically was a fumble and then it wasn't or whatever. Um, I mean, we were right there. You cannot be in better coverage in those. Even on the Mike Hughes, A.J. Brown touchdown, yep. he was technically still in good position. I mean, A.J. Brown is a monster. Mike Hughes is a really small. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's a he's a smaller corner. So yeah. the, deep, the, the, the corners were there. The, the secondary was there. It's just they couldn't make the play. So look like the scheme is getting better. Um, the players understand their assignments and are doing better there. Um, I, I, let's say the players with the highest snap count or Matthew Sneed and Thornhill at a hundred percent of the defensive snap. So that's a good thing, right? Is it, is it coincidence that the less Daniel Sorensen plays, the better the defense is playing? Right. Um, I don't yep. think so. Um, and I hate to keep beating him up even though he's not out there as much, but like, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, without a doubt, you're supposed to make the play. You have to make the play um, in order for it to be a successful part on the defensive end. But whenever you um, are, let's say, are holding them or making them struggle a little bit more, and your offense isn't helping you out, the score is going to end up this way, right? 
So um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, defensively, corners went in the right spot, just didn't make the plays. I think the safeties played well. Even you know, of course, Tyron Juan linebackers. We talked about Nick Bolden. But what about that offensive line? What are your thoughts on Chris Jones for Frank Clark, um, Jaron Reed, Kalen Saunders? Even had a play or two. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually one thing that I think I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, you know, the most part of the defense is the defensive line, and um, you know, I think if you guys haven't seen it yet, and there's that video that we had seen on the chat, and it's been kind of floating around online, but there was that one play where. Jones basically just gave up on the play. He didn't even do anything. And that, you know, that's something you you had did not see from Jones like at all. Like he was all he's always aggressive every single play. He, you know, he always just makes an effort, you know, until the play's dead, right? He's always he's always there. And that was disappointing to see that. But um to still see him out there as a DN, even though Clark's healthy and you have Dana, which obviously has been in one of our brighter spots of the defensive line this year who didn't have that much play time. I didn't get to see the the total snap counts from the game, um, at least on the defensive side, but I know he I know I didn't see him in there that much because you had Jones and Clark playing the ends most of the time, um, you know, on the outside. But I think that was in in the Clark, you know, I, I think I I didn't hear his name called. I <laughs> saw him make one tackle on a replay. So other than that, I didn't hear from him at all the whole game. Um so uh, that's just a continuing struggling area. I, I really hope that they should just move Jones back to inside full time. And I mean, like I get the idea of trying to play him outside because he's just a monster. It'd be a, you could say it would be a, a monster matchup versus a tackle, but man, tackles are the most athletic and usually the strongest guy on the line, you know? So to move him outside where the guys are bigger, faster and stronger didn't make sense. He's not Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is, is one of, you know, a million and why uh, move a player out of a spot, you know, when he's technically an all pro at one point, you know, like that just doesn't, that'd be like saying, Patrick, you're such a great quarterback. I want you to go play middle linebacker. Cause you can read the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and Aaron, yeah. And Aaron Donald is like, uh, what is it? You know, whenever like, obviously you get those generation talents, you just don't get those guys often. Yeah. Uh, he's been, He's been rated what the top five, not defensive player, overall player for the last I don't know how many years, what five, six at least. Um, he's just a dominant player. But yeah, to to even um, you know think that Chris Jones could be someone like that. Obviously, we saw Week One in that second half against the Browns. You're like, okay, he kind of looked. He might be a Reggie White, right? Like he could he could probably do this. And then since then, it's been he's either been hurt. Obviously, he's been hurt, um, but, um, yeah, he just hadn't, hasn't looked the same. Yeah, I mean, and looking at snap counts, he obviously isn't fully fit because he only played 57% of the defensive snaps. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, he's still not fully fit, and I understand that. Um, but, yeah, let's just put him back inside. Jaden Reed doesn't offer anything. He has not been um, productive or impactful at all. Right. Uh, I think Nadi did better last year with his time than what Jaron Reed has had. So, yeah, it's just move. And, and if you um, go back and watch the William Gay interception, Chris Jones' pressure up the middle is what makes Tannehill um, force the throne kind of like a little fadeaway throw, and that's when Willie Gay intercepts it. So mm-hmm. when he was inside playing against guards and centers, he's impactful. Just 
leave in there, you know? So who knows? Um, I think I was reading something on Twitter that said that I guess, you know, the plan is to fully run him at defensive tackle this week in practice and hopefully, you know, the Giants or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's a defensive tackle in a 4-3 setup. So just leave him inside. We can figure something else out with Frank and and you know Dana, Dana. and Okafor and whoever else we Warden, throw out from yeah. the outside. Yeah, right. So, uh, so with that being said, and we'll you know try to start moving a little bit forward, and you know, kind of keeping it in the past, but obviously it's an important game that we want to improve on. Obviously, all the players. So now the Chiefs obviously were sit at three and four. We're tied for last place in a division with the Broncos. Where do you see yourself, or where do you see this team going from here? Um, I know, obviously, before I let you get to that, um, you know, I think I kind of was discussing that maybe we'll have an actual like mid-year um, episode that will actually cover everything, um, you know, from everything so far from the first half of the year. But as far as where we're at now, towards the you know games coming up or the games we have left, what do you think we need to maybe approve on, obviously, or what do you think the next, like, five to six weeks or so? Yeah, so the Giants game, we should still win it. They're a bad football team. Um, we're a bad football team, but we're not that bad. We at least have some talent in the right spots. So that should be another confidence game. The Packers game, I don't see how we win it. Um, I understand it'll be at Arrowhead, uh, but I just don't see how – I mean, the, the Packers defense isn't that isn't good either, but I just don't see how. Maybe Patrick will be up to it because it's Aaron Rodgers. Then we go to Oakland, play that Sunday night game, first Chiefs Raiders matchup in the new stadium on prime time with the full capacity, right? Um, and the way the Raiders are playing, you know, and it's a division game, right? There's been times where they're terrible and and we're good, or vice versa, and it's a game. Um, yeah, I just don't like out of the next four games when we hit that bye week. I can honestly say that I only see the Chiefs beating the Giants. I would have to be, you know, very, very biased and talking myself into them beating the Raiders. Um, And I don't see any way that they beat the Packers or the Cowboys, aside from just being a Chiefs fan and wishing them well and all that fancy stuff, right? This is a team that has, um, that is baffled, that is very, very confused and can't figure out how to beat the way teams are playing them defensively. Now, yeah, they put up points versus the the Washington football team, the Eagles, and even the Browns. But um, aside from that, it's just there's not much to bank success on, aside from the fact that we have the still the best quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, even though he's having a bad year. I agree with that. So looking at the schedule um, we had coming up, and um, so I kind of want to look at the next five games, what I kind of look at um, as well. You know, with the Giants, Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, and Broncos, um, they put out an interesting stat on ESPN today, saying obviously right now the Chiefs have a forty-three percent chance of making the playoffs, um, and then also the games coming up, the Giants having a seventy-five percent chance, or sorry, we having a seventy-five uh, chance beating the Giants, we have a fifty-three percent chance beating the Packers, fifty-five chance uh, percent chance beating the Raiders. 51% chance beating the Cowboys and 68% chance beating the Broncos. So looking at that, and even before looking at that and kind of going with you're going, in those five games, the way that this team is right now, I think we go two and three. 
I really think the only games we win is the Giants and the Broncos game because, uh, you know, obviously any of the teams that we have lost to right now have been at the top of the division, um, of their division, I would say. And as you can see, those three games in the middle, they're Packers, Raiders, and Cowboys. They're right there with those top tier uh, teams. And I just can't see us beating any of those top teams at the moment. Yeah, and it's sucks to say against the Raiders, you know, because, I mean, it's obviously the Raiders. But, and they're doing well. Uh, Derek Carr isn't doing the things he's done in the past. Um, their defense is, you know, they got some good defensive ends. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to, I mean, they're going to be as hyped as can be since the first time they've had the Chiefs with a full-capacity stadium in their new stadium. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Packers-wise, we already know what they have in Rodgers and Adams. Maybe with Devontae Adams having um, sitting out this week because of COVID, maybe Aaron Rodgers gets it next week. And that's yeah. we'll – You know, and I'm not wishing – You know, I don't – I'm yeah, not right. – That's all joking. But, you know, there's obviously yeah. some fallout that's going to happen there yeah. Um, because Devontae Adams is around certain people. So, but yeah, that's like the only way I see it. Aside from that, you are a hundred percent a fully biased person, you know, towards the Chiefs from an analytical, logical perspective. The way this team has played versus teams with the winning records, you cannot say that you have confidence that will that they will be, you know, a good team. Um, so All right, because I and I hope I'm wrong, right? I mean, I hope I'm wrong too. I, I mean, let's say for instance, uh, you know, the Chiefs. I don't want to see the Chiefs drop the Giants. If the Chiefs drop the Giants, it is full panic mode. I'm sorry, but it is. <laughs> I'm saying, um, pick. But, uh, but if um, if the Chiefs were to somehow beat the Packers at home, I could consider them probably possibly beating the Raiders there in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. As far as the Cowboys go, I just don't see any way we beat the Cowboys. I just I don't. Um, it, it, for some reason, we run the table winning these next five games. It would be something obviously talked about in the sports world because they're like, oh, what happened to the Chiefs? And now all of a sudden they're on five-game tear. So, no, I mean, to be realistically logic as far as where we're at right now and not being, you know, obviously us being Chiefs fans not being biased, two and three seems logical for where this team is right now. But if they do end up being, um, you know, three and two or even four and one, I don't think five and oh, but three and two and four and one next five, that's that's even better, obviously. And to your point on like beating the Packers, it might be possible because if I'm not mistaken, their ends or outside backers in their setup are a little hurt. So they don't have a pass rush. They signed Jalen Smith because they needed linebackers to cover and he hasn't been good at all. So they're kind of struggling from a pressure perspective. The Giants, like I said, we, we should do okay. We'll talk about them in more detail later. The Packers, like I said, they have some pass rush issues. The Raiders have Max Crosby, who has been a beast this year. And then the Cowboys, they've got, you know, their defense is is, is finally getting better with, um, well, what's his name? The Atlanta Falcons coach that came over, uh, Dan Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn, um, yeah. Is now the defensive coordinator. And they're aggressive, and they get at the quarterback with Michael Parsons in all different spots. So, yeah. So, I mean, to your point, maybe we find a way to beat the Packers here. That's a little momentum game. Um, but, yeah, it just seems like we – I mean, we've had a gauntlet of – defensive ends in the league but then again it is 2021 everybody at least has one good defensive end except for the chiefs um yep. so yeah i mean who knows it's just if we get to that buy at two and two i think it's a success yes anything I better agree. than that is amazing and then 
maybe that's the turning point. You know, let these guys go home um, around, you know, Thanksgiving week. Let them enjoy times with their families. And maybe it brings back a new perspective on this season. And then we finish up something that's a little bit easier than what um, the first part of our season was. Um, so who knows, you know, because all that stuff matters. I know people say, oh, they're professionals and all that stuff. Yeah, of course, they're professionals. But, man, sometimes you need a break. You know, after you've been getting beat up, if you can make it through some tough games and do some good things and pull out some wins that you didn't even expect to get or you didn't think you would get, um, bye weeks help. And then, like I said, you have that mm, totally agree. mentality, right? Yep. And we'll we'll get more into it. Like I said, we, I wanted to try to get a mid-season, you know, so far cap episode in, which will be probably in a few weeks because – Obviously, we have 18 weeks now, and so probably after week nine, we might put out a separate episode that you guys yeah, can. Need, that's what we need to do on the bye week. Well, yeah, well then, yeah, but then that's too long, though. I feel like I, I feel like we'll do that in the bye week too, as well. I mean, we could probably do a little bit of both, I guess. But we're gonna need it for our own mental sanity. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll figure some out for you guys to have something, some additional content, and um, especially right now with the season, we have a lot to talk about, as we can say, but. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have, uh, you know, more talk about as these games come by. Um, and, uh, yeah, for, but for today, that's, that's pretty much all we have. And, uh, we'll look forward to the preview we'll be discussing, uh, here later this week on that Monday night matchup, um, against the New York Giants, uh, here at Arrowhead for week eight. So with that's being said, thanks for y'all for listening. Don't forget to follow our podcast and go Chiefs.